Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out the bands, eat a broken egg, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad others, bad taste, bad lot, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York City. Millions of Americans financed the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you to Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do better. All my friend Nick, I'm around, flat to fight a party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this town's a tattered. My brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out. Are you with us tonight from New York? All right, 855-212-4227 is our toll-free hotline brought to you by GEICO. Great news, you can save a bunch of money if you switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Tonight, Jim McBride coming up in 12 minutes from the Boston Globe. We'll talk about the Patriots scandal, their latest cheating accusations. And then at 11.03 Eastern, Aaron Torres of Fox Sports and the Aaron Torres podcast. We'll talk uh, college rack with Aaron Torres and a little college football. Maybe a little bowl season. A little bit of both. A little dabble, do you? The Patriots are under fire again for a potential cheating scandal with a videographer who was caught filming the Bengals sideline on Sunday in Cleveland with uh, like a credential to the press box, no less. Bill Belichick denies any involvement or any knowledge of anything. Of course he does. Why wouldn't he uh, deny everything? You know, it's just ho-hum, you know, who cares? How funny is it that they, of all people, uh, again, are busted for something, and then uh, they act like, it would appear to me, they, as usual, act like they've done absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah, no, they act like this is why is it why is everybody making such a big deal out of this? Because you've cheated so many times in the past. That's why everybody's making a big deal about this. That's all they do. You don't get the benefit of the doubt. I was saying this last night to Mafia. You know, if this was the the Bucks or the cards or something like this and this happened, it would be like a roll off the back, all right, you know, whatever. Uh it is what it is. When it's this team with what they've done in the past, it's not look the other way. It's Look and see what's going on here. And what do you think is going on? What they've been doing for the whole time. Cheating. (laughs) That's what they're doing. They're playing a team. Listen, they're going to beat the Bengals. They know this already. But they're playing a coaching staff that they have not faced before. Zach Taylor, all these guys there. And they're they're getting their looks. Ducks in a row. Getting their ducks in a row. So I had some moron uh, 
Did you see the moron tweet me about the Bills? I didn't. I did not. Okay, so, like, here's the deal. Did you see what I did on Sunday? You had a good day. I mean... Had a really good day, right? I mean, outrageous. Uh, again, you didn't, hit the, you didn't hit the Bills. Ever. I didn't hit the Bills. But did the Bills not have the ball, like, at the 15-yard line with a chance to tie? They were, with under two minutes left. They right. were they, Dr- Driving you know, to tie. Fourth down, he hit. He was hitting through Where the Where were ground. they? At about the eight-yard line? About the 10, yeah. Right okay. at that, right so that area. So fourth and a goal from the 10, and they blew it. But when you're down at the 10-yard line with a chance to tie the game and go to overtime, you're very much in the game. Oh, they didn't so get the, blown out of that so game. So the five-and-a-half was, was alive and well. Now, Mafia, I ended up going 72% in my bets for the day uh, in the NFL, the seventh week of over 70%. Is that documented? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so I got some ass hat tweets me or something like, uh, can't wait to hear you talk about that Bills spread cover. Listen, bro, stick it in your ear and in your garage door so far that you have to have prostate exams, okay, till you bleed. Don't listen to me. I hate you dead forever. Don't ever write me. I've already banned you. I don't know you. You're a tool. Don't call. Don't bother. Don't waste your time. I hate you dead. And your mother. I hate your mother, too. How's that sound? Can you imagine, Mafia? It's the same disease that I'll hit. What did I hit? 21 and 8 in NFL bets for the week. Did I not? And then then I went 22 and 9 when it was all said and done because I had the Eagles last night to win, right? So on Thursday and Sunday, I was 21 and 8 with one push being the Bucks, And I got someone that has the onions. You know, I was going to just say my squash, right? Someone has the onions to even confront me or question me. Is this not the same thing where I go 8 and 2 in the NBA and I got two death threats for the two games I get wrong? Kiss my ass, all right? I hope you lose every bet you make and your house and your children. And your mother and her sister and her aunt and cousins. I hope their Christmas tree burns down. And the house. My, hey, Carver High, I was on the Bills hard, as you know. Look, uh, that game. That's supporting. It, that was a great bet. I mean, they, they should have. Now, if they don't fumble the ball and all their mistakes, they should have never been in that well, look, game. But took, they were in the game. It took the offense too long to get going. No they one questioned did. my Niners outright or my Rams over the Seahawks, did they? But the Bills, tell me what happened because they were in that game. Well, yeah, it took the offense too long to get going. This was the thing. Rot said, in hell. This is the thing I said all last week. I think their D was going to be able to not completely shut him down, but contain him. And that's what they did. Did you think that? I mean, that was probably one they of Jackson's. They only had 40 yards. Yeah, they, they held him down. They had the one busted play to start the second half that killed him, the 60-yard touchdown. But for the most part, they contained Jackson. My fear was that the offense wasn't going to be able to get going because that's a good D that they were facing. A good D that they could blitz a lot on on Allen, and he it took them three quarters so to figure it out. So if they play him again in the playoffs in Baltimore, what happens? Same game? I mean, I think I think they lose the game, but it could be a close game, just like this one was. Do you think the line will be the same? Five no, and a half? it'll be more. That game will be in Baltimore. Oh, it'll so be it'd be like than, nine or ten, nine and a half. Yeah. I'm a little concerned about the Bills' offense. Well, when they play top defenses this year, they've had two games where they played. Really good D. The Patriot game in September and this game on Sunday. When they, when a team has really good corners. You mean the Steeler game? Well, that's coming up this week. That's, that's this be, week. I that's just wanted to say early. Uh, I know. Me, we Big game for both I, of us. I want Sunday you to night. know early here, just early in the week. What is it, Tuesday? Uh, I hate Tuesday. you forever. 
Yes, Sunday primetime, Steelers Bills. I can't afford to lose the game. You can. You're in. Right. I can't well, afford to lose. I don't want to sweat it out to the last week. Do you think so. the Steelers have a better defense than the Bills? Overall, with their pass rush, which is number one in the NFL, and you you know the stats I rattled off on the air. They're like first in everything. In oh, everything. They're both they're both top five defenses. It should be a great game. You think it it'd be, be a really ham and egger, six three? I think it's gonna be a rock fight. Thirteen ten. Thirteen ten. Sixteen thirteen, that type of game. All right. Should be good. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, I said last night when I watched that game, the Eagles game, the Giants suck so bad, they can't even win when they win. You know what I mean? They, they were up 17-3. You cannot lose that game, right? You you suck so bad, you can't even win when you're winning. You're up 73, you still lose. How bad are they? And, they, you know, the whole game, their defense was great. Were they not? And then how about that overtime drive? They Five plays, they were in the end zone. Like, what happened to the defense in overtime? Like, did you see Eli sitting on the bench? He looked like he wanted to order in. You know, like, bring me a bring me a, a calzone or something. He was just looking down at that end of the field going, I'm in hell. I need a new job. Did he not look like that? He looked yeah. like he wants out of there so bad. Second but, half wasn't good. Does that him. guy retire or does he go somewhere else? I think he's going to try to play somewhere else. What do you think, Mafia? Somewhere else or does he retire? Because I think he's still got game. He obviously, did you see him come out and throw for like 200 yards in like the first half? Yeah, and then did nothing the whole second half. That game was a perfect synopsis of his career. The first half is great. Threw the ball all over the place. Got some touchdowns. Second half of his career just fell apart. All right. I mean, he's probably going to try to play. He probably thinks he still can, but he can't. He showed that in the second half. All right. So you don't think he can play anymore? I think he can't win anymore. Like, he might have a good I, listen, half, a good quarter. I'm gonna he say cannot this. have a good game. I'm going to say this. He has more game, in my opinion, than all these guys like Cam Newton. That, and I think Cam Newton's way better than him. But Cam Newton can't stay on the field. Have you ever noticed? Eli Manning plays every game if he has to. Does he not? Carver High, the guy can play every game. Yeah. He's right. not He's not a broken down like toy like your boy Cam Newton is. Completely different. If you were, like, even Tampa Bay, he's better than that guy. I don't care what you say. Famous Jameis? He's better than him. He throws the ball more consistently than that guy. He doesn't throw all those picks. I don't know. I think Famous is a better athlete, but I think Eli's a better quarterback. I really do. And I mean it. I mean it. All right. 855-212-4227. The college football playoff is set. We'll talk about that tonight. A ton of activity at the winter meetings uh, in San Diego. Steven Strasburg got a record deal. How about the pathetic uh, story today that they broke on ESPN or wherever the hell else I heard it, that the Yankees offered more money? How about just get the number right as a story instead of they've offered more money? Is there anything worse than all the stories I see from, like, John Heyman and the rest of them that say the Twins are interested in three different pitchers, the White Sox are interested in the Zuna? How about this, the mystery team one? Oh, There's the, a mystery oh, team the, the Astros are the mystery team. How about the pathetic report? now in sports where you get right like writers and journalists I mean it quote me on this that throw out this garbage like oh the, you know mad bum they're up to a hundred million for mad bum and there's at least seven teams interested that's not a story that is not a story that is you making up stories to get I guess your paycheck or something I don't know what it is but it's terrible Didi got a deal in Philly, though. That's a that's a story. He got the deal. Also, I just wanted to say, like I saw the, what's his name, Kevin Gosman got a deal. That's not a story either because Kevin Gosman sucks, okay? So from now on, I don't do stories of athletes, of players that suck. I shouldn't even have mentioned his name right there. You know what I mean? If you suck, you're not worth a story. How's that sound? Remember, Dylan Bundy's going, Dylan Bundy's the worst. I mean, he's like, a, he's like having a migraine headache. He's so bad. I mean it. I mean it. 
And the Dallas Stars fired Jim Montgomery. Not a story either, because no one has the real story. What did he do? That got him busted. They said he was unethical and did something horrible. I wanted, was he at a strip club, making it rain? What happened? Because that's the story. That he got fired is not a story. But the story that they, they printed, he did something unethical. Well, we need to know what that is. That's the story. Am I right? Absolutely. All right, Jim McBride is up first. I love him from the Boston Globe. Thank God you got great guests tonight because I'm in a real chipper mood. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. Ah, my buddy Jimmy McBride up at the great Boston Globe. Always good to have him on the bench. Merry Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas, Scott. How are you? I always enjoy having you on, brother. You doing good? I'm doing great. Thanks. I listen, uh, tell me the story about, because I really don't give a rat's ass up till now. Uh, At this point, I care. Up until now, I've had not a care in the world. I I really, when I saw that everyone's accusing the Patriots of cheating, I'm yawning because I, uh, you know, I bet on them against the Chiefs. And I had a huge day. I hit uh, 72% of my NFL bets uh, for the seventh time out of 14 weeks. So I had a huge day. The only teams that I got burned on were the Pats, the Bills five and a half, and, um, you know, uh, I guess the Jags. And remember, Mafia, I had flipped that game because I, whenever I flip, I get burned. But I had the Chargers originally laying one and a half. So my thing was I was disappointed at how poorly they looked offensively. We'll get into that in a minute. But tell me about what's happening with them being accused of cheating. Yeah, so this is uh... – this is really a non-story as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't think that, uh, you know, I think what Coach Belichick has said the last few days and really what, what most of the people that, that read into this know that this wasn't a, you know, an act of espionage or, or the Patriots trying to gain an advantage on the, on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this was just, the, you know, the, the, the non-football operations people doing uh, this series called Do Your Job. Uh, where, you know, if you go on Patriots.com, you can see background uh, stories about the equipment manager, about the training staff, and um, about the uh, medical staff, uh, about the video team. And this was the latest installment of that was the scouts. Uh, So, you know, they they sent a crew from Kraft Productions to do it. It wasn't a football operations crew because those guys all know that you can't take the sideline from the press box. They know the rules. And, you know, if if they were negligent anywhere, it was not letting the Bengals know. They knew the Browns know. And it was also not letting the you know, the, the videographers know that, you know, what was verboten and what wasn't. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that this really was an innocent mistake, but, you know, I understand the heightened sensitivity because, you know, the Patriots involved and, and there was the Spygate scandal a dozen years ago, but uh, really a non-story, but it's going to have legs because, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people out there that don't like the Patriots. Well, now that it does have a legs, it's, it certainly has a stench about it. What is their reaction uh, I know that uh, Belichick never says anything, but you know more than uh, everybody else in Boston. So what's the reality of it? Yeah, the reality of it is, 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 what, is exactly what he said. I mean, the, the, the fact that the Patriots came out with a statement Monday night, uh, you know, admitting that, that what they did was wrong. Um, and, and earlier in the afternoon when, when Coach was on his one of his radio shows, uh, he kind of explained that, look, it had nothing to do with the football operations. And then the, you know, the, the PR staff came out and said, look, you know, this is what happened. We know what we did was wrong. We turned the, the film over, uh, and they don't think there's going to be anything on there that shows uh, a competitive advantage. And, uh, you know, I know there was a report today that there was eight minutes of video of, of the Bengal sideline, but, you know, it was just, again, it was just a feature on a scout. And I know there was a lot of other conspiracy theorists that said, well, why, why were they at the game that, 
you know, against the team they're playing next. Well, that's where they send the advanced scout to the, to the to, you know, to scout the team they're going to play next. So that's why it was the Bengals. And, and again, that's another element to why it, it makes it a big story because those two teams are playing this week. Well, uh, now let's uh, – Jim McBride with us at the Boston Globe. Let's talk about their uh, situation offensively. Uh, the Chiefs figured out how to basically double Edelman, and it caused a ripple effect on their offense for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's two weeks in a row now that the, you know, the, 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 the guys that are trying to make – trying to get chemistry with Tom since really since the summer – uh, haven't been able to do it. You know, J- uh, Jacoby Myers uh, dropped like three passes in that game, and he had so- shown so much promise. And, you know, because of the uh, Nikhil's performance, Nikhil Harry's performance a week before in Houston, uh, I think they were neglecting, you know, they were kind of, you know, I guess kind of gun-shy about using him that often. So, um, you know, the receiving core for the Patriots all year, it's been a uh, it's been a revolving door, even going back to training camp when Demarius Thomas was there and, then Jeff Gordon, uh, Josh Gordon was there for a little while. Antonio Brown was there for a little while. So they really haven't been able to settle on anyone. And then they thought maybe they had solved the problems with Muhammad Sanu, but he got injured shortly afterwards. And he's not, you know, still fully up to speed with the playbook and healthy. So um, that's all those things, plus the, the, you know, the inconsistency with the offensive line have led to, you know, uh, what we haven't, I'm not used to seeing up here in Boston. And that's Tom Brady and the offense struggling. You know, the, the storyline since really, uh, those early Patriot teams, uh, when the when the defenses were dominant, was Tom Brady uh, is going to carry this team, and, and the defense will do just enough to win. And now it's really the af- exact opposite. It's the it's the defense that's shining, and you know for the most part the offense has been doing just enough to win. But you know certainly have been exposed against some really good teams in three out of the last four games against the the Ravens, Texans, and Chiefs. Uh, Jim McBride, Boston Globe, with us on the bench. So. Uh... Uh, I'm not worried about really the Bengals game for them, to be honest with you. I think they'll kick their ass. But what I am worried about is if I'm you, if I'm a, uh, you know, media or a fan in Boston, is that um, there are teams in the AFC now that can beat the Patriots, that that can flat out beat them. And if they uh, don't watch themselves, I think their season's going to end. That They do not look to me – right now, like a team that's going to go to the Super Bowl. Do you honestly believe that they're going to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah, it doesn't look good right now. I, 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 I would pick the Ravens right now. I mean, they are the number one seed in the East, and, you know, they beat the Patriots pretty handily, and, and they're on a run. But, you know, like you said, teams, they're, they're beatable. They, they've lost to the division leaders in, in, in the AFC, all right. three of them. Um, you know, maybe if there's a silver lining to Patriots fans, it's the fact that they, they've played these three teams that they might have to see again in the playoffs, and, you know, you get a second. You know, Bill gets a second crack at the team, and he usually does pretty well. You know, even back to the first Super Bowl victory back in 2001, they they lost a hard-fought game to the Rams earlier in that season, but they never lost again, uh, including when beating the the Rams in the uh, in the Super Bowl. So, I guess that's kind of a silver lining. But you know, as it's presently constituted, I don't think they have the weapons on offense to compete with some of these other teams in the AFC. So. Um... When you watch him uh, play Brady, uh, and there was like a little window there where he was not really playing that well, and then he wasn't, uh, you know, talking to the media. And I said on the show that I felt that at some point this guy, he's so, you know, meticulous and so uh, such a perfectionist, if you will, and such a guy that believes in all this TB12 stuff and the way he lives and eats and drinks and everything that he does to take care of himself, that, that I don't ever believe I could see him 
tolerating not being good. So if he sees a slippage in his performance that he would stop playing in the NFL, he'd rather go out as the greatest ever than to have a bad year or two at 43 or 44 years old. Uh, do you believe, Because, but then I think he's turned it around. I don't think he's been bad lately at all. I think that uh, teams are catching up to them as a team, but I still think he's got it. Where do you think he is mentally about the future? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on both points earlier. I, I think you're right that, that I don't think if he, if he sensed the slippage in play in his own play, I don't think he would want to hang around for, for extra season. So I think you're right there. But I also think you're right in that he hasn't slipped. It's kind of been the cast of characters around him, really only having that one reliable uh, receiver in Edelman, uh, albeit he's a, he's a great one to have. But when you only have one, it's pretty tough to win in this league. So, um, you know, I, I think both points are, are right on, on target. And I think that, you know, when he, when he says at the, at, at, at the end of the year and, and even training camp, he takes it year by year, you know, people used to take that with a grain of salt and, and take it as kind of a cliche. But I think with him now at this point in his career, he's in uncharted territories, 20 years at the same team, 20 years in this league for a quarterback. I think he really does assess it at the end of the year and say, hey, look, is it worth going back? Um, you know, and, and if they don't, you know, get him some more weapons, whether it's through trades or free agency or the draft, I could see him saying, you know, maybe my, my time is up. But um, he's, he's got such a competitive fire, you know, and people were, were criticizing him, especially after that Houston game for uh, his body language on the sideline and kind of ripping into teammates. But, you know, that's the same person right. who's so highly competitive. I mean, that's what makes Tom Brady Tom Brady is, is wearing those emotions on his sleeve. So right. I don't think you can credit him with being the most intense player in the world and then criticizing him for showing that intensity. Exactly. I, I would expect nothing less of him than to light people up that aren't doing their job right ever on any Sunday or Sunday night or Monday or Thursday. That guy's intense and always has been. If you can't take it, Get out. Leave. Yeah, if you can't handle it, get out. Let me ask you a question because I'm not done with you. Honestly, it's Christmas. You have to do more with me because I want to talk about the Celtics, Bruins, and the Red Sox. So it looks like we're double dipping. Go get a glass of beer, and then I'm going to come back and do another segment with you whether you like it or not. Sounds good to me. All right, Jim McBride of the Boston Globe coming up more. Uh, we'll talk about all the other teams up there. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. All right, 855-212-4227. Who loves you? How'd you like that 78% winners in the college football conference championship game Saturday? What about the 72% pro football week I had? Or maybe the 80% hits on Saturday night in pro hoops? Pharrellonabench.com is incredible. I'm Santa freaking Claus. I deliver best site, amazing price, sick returns. Pharrellonabench.com. Sign up today, make a bunch of cash, and hide it from your wife. Jim McBride's with the Boston Globe, one of our favorites all the time on the bench. He joins us from up in uh, Beantown. Hey, uh, Jim, let's take a second and um, talk about the uh, Red Sox uh, first because it's the winter meetings, very exciting. And uh, what, But really what I care about is, um, is any of this, like, so you got Heim Bloom now, a whiz kid, instead of Dombrowski, but then the rumors that we're hearing about left and right around here are that uh, you know they're they're willing to trade bets, Price, Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, Christ, who aren't they going to trade? Yeah, I've I've heard the the, uh, the Jackie Bradley Jr. and and the Price stuff, but I I, I think that they're kind of lukewarm on trading Mookie, and I don't know why because this is probably the time where they're going to get the most for him. Um, you know, if they wait till 
late in the season of the trade deadline, they're going to get pennies on the dollar. And, you know, it just doesn't seem like they're willing to, to, to sign this guy long term. And if they're not going to, they're better off trading him now when they could get something of value but rather than, you know, have half a season of him. Do you believe that, um, you know, the Yankees are sitting here willing to give uh, Garrett Cole the Federal Reserve? And, uh, you know, they've already got a, a team that, you know, went out again and won over 100 games. They're they're very stacked and fiscally. It seems as though, am I am I crazy that the uh, Red Sox have gone, I mean, basically Walmart on everyone? Yeah. No, you're not crazy. It's true. It's, it's so much more fun when, uh, you know, when they're, when these these teams are competing against each other, not on, not only on the field but in the off season for the same players, um, you know why the the Red Sox are, are doing this now. You know I don't know. Everything seems to be like for the future and cost effective and getting under the you know the luxury tax, which I don't really understand why they need to get under the luxury tax where they're you know they sell out that park you know all the time. Um, so I I don't understand the the front office logic that's going on right now. So let's uh, shift gears and talk about the uh, uh, you know the Celtics against like the Bucks and and these other great teams that you know really they're going to have to deal with the Heat, the Sixers, the Raptors, uh, and the Pacers. Frankly, people can say whatever they want, but they're pretty tough. And I know that I think they're playing the Pacers tomorrow night in Indy. And uh, I got to tell you, I've watched them play a, a lot, and I mean I mean like every game. So, uh, and I just think it's unbelievable to me, you know, the guy, because Tatum's all, always kind of been good for me. I think he's just a really good player, and he's really come into his own. But the guy that's taken his game to a whole nother level this year, again, with speed and just burst ability and getting to the 10 and making big buckets and in, in droves, buckets in droves, like he'll take over a game in the third or fourth quarter, is Brown. Yeah, he's you know, and it's it's funny. It's kind of it's going to be funny to see how how with, with Gordon Haywood came back the other night. Uh, they they virtually played the same position, so it's going to be funny to see how those minutes get divided now. Because, like you said, Jalen, uh, while Haywood was out, Jalen was on fire and it has been spectacular. And you know, I don't think anyone up here that watches the Celtics want to see that you know see that change anytime soon. So it'll be interesting to see how Brad Stevens you know manipulates those minutes, but. I'll tell you another guy that, that, that has really impressed me this year for the Celtics that's kind of under the radar is Robert Williams, the big power forward right. uh, that they drafted two years ago. Uh, he's, a, he's a lot more athletic and, a, and he seems to be a lot more um, involved and motivated this year uh, than he was last year. I know he was, he was hurt and you know, he had some injuries here and there, but you know, he gives them a real strong presence underneath when he's, on, you know, when he's going. And I think if you keep his minutes you know, reasonable – uh, it's not, uh, you know, it's it's not unreasonable to think that he's going to be a major contributor all season long. I think Smart's a great defender, and he's the heart and soul of that team. Do the fans? Yeah, he's, he's the longest tenured guy on this team, right? Or not, and he really is the the he's the, he's the the engine for this team. And he's actually, you know, when you remember when he was in college, he was a real meltdown hothead, and he had he had issues. And when he came into the league, he had some issues, but. He's really grown up a lot. Like one night, do you remember the night when the fan, uh, he got into it with a fan, and then after the game, he's just like, you know, I thought the way he handled it after the game, he's like, listen, I mean, they pay us to play basketball, and I know these fans want to come out here and watch us play and everything, but, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, you, you start up with me or you kick me when he's on the sideline or whatever the hell it was. Someone put their hands on him or something, and he was just like, I'm, you know, listen, I understand why you're here and everything like that, but I just want you to know that, like, if this were out on the street, 
this would be handled very differently. Now, the same kid would have, he would have said, I believe, five years ago, he would have said, on the street, I would have knocked your Pharrellan teeth out, and I would have shanked you with a, with a blade, and I would have cut your neck dead. And I think now he's just like, listen, this would be handled very differently outside. I just want you to know. And I think the league needs to take a look at these fans sitting front row, putting their hands on these million-dollar players. That We're out here trying to get paid to play basketball. We are not out here to have people touch us. Yeah. You know, it's, it, Stevens has put him in a, a leadership position on this team, and he's really embraced it. And, and the team kind of identifies with him. And, uh, you know, they love his, they love his attitude. His, you, know, you know, he's sprawling across the floor like for loose balls the way we haven't seen up here since Larry Bird was here. Larry Bird is the greatest player that ever lived. I just wanted to say that, as you know, I am, uh, I've never been a Celtic fan. Agreed. But he's the greatest player that I ever saw play basketball. And I got to tell you, the greatest big man – uh, you know, power forward that I've seen, like I've seen a million of them. Now, people are going to say I'm crazy, but one guy that was completely, absolutely unstoppable with his pivot foot and, and pump fakes, the best ever at pump fakes and pivot foot moves was Kevin McHale. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable uh, low post moves. Right. And, you know, with Bird passing the ball, probably the best big man passer of all times. So, uh, you know, maybe Walton in there too, but right. uh, yeah, they were unstoppable because he could find McHale in the post and, he was – you could not defend him. You just couldn't. His arms were too long, and once he got that up and under, see you later. Right. All right, so let me ask you about uh, the Bruins. They continue to be one of the toughest teams in the NHL without a doubt. Are you surprised that after they went to the Cup Finals and lost that they didn't have, like, some kind of strung-out hangover? Because when you play into mid-June, uh, coming back in October and, you know, camp in September to play – 82 more, uh, a lot of guys bail on that plan the year after the Cup Finals, like Nashville, San Jose. They all piked and just went fishing. They literally just were like, screw this. I'm making $9 million a year. I am going to drink beer, and I'm going to get some leg. I don't care about anything else. Let's go to dinner. But the Bruins go out and play hard every night. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, it's a great testament to the leadership on that team, too, as well, with Bergeron and Chara. And- you know, they talked about it a lot. Uh, you know, they got together a lot as a team um, during the summer and talked about getting over this, uh, getting over that game seven loss and putting that behind them. And, and they came out of the gate storming. You know, they have a lot of the same guys that were there last year. And uh, they just really picked up where they left off. You know, it's um, like you say, that hangover can be there and it's a, it's a real thing. But I think in, and they, they realized that in the, in, in the back of their heads and they said, hey, we're not going to let that happen to us. And, you know, they've made it a, uh, a point to to stick together and and you know they they take their cues from Bergeron and Chara and you know those are two of the best leaders in the league you know Papa Bear Chara and 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 Bergeron just you know he's he's just probably the greatest two way player we have in the game. How do you feel about the fact that uh, well I mean they're in first in the Atlantic obviously killing it by ten points and have one of the best teams in the league I think they're maybe third in in points something like that in the whole league. That's crazy. But how do you feel about the fact that I've been on, let's see, I was on the hub. Now I'm on EEI. Do you think that I'm more popular now than, you know, I, you know, the governor, the, you know, chief of police, uh, the, you know, the, frankly, the Red Sox would, they don't spend any money anymore. Uh, you know, am I basically on par with the uh, Celtics Bruins and, and Patriots? Am I getting close to being on par in concert in popularity in concert with those three franchises? Absolutely no worse than <laughs> Sky. No worse. It's, it's, it's probably Patriots, Celtics, Bruins, 
Pharrell, everyone else is in the room. I like that. I'm on the rise. Uh, listen, Jim, have a fantastic uh, Christmas and happiest of New Year's to you and your family. You know how much I respect you and love you. You're uh, just absolutely kick-ass on my show all these years. Have a wonderful holiday with your family and a safe one and a healthy one and a prosperous 2020. Huge fan of yours. Keep doing your thing, and we'll always have you on the bench, my friend. God bless. Be cool. Thanks, Scotty. Same, same right back at you. Love being on your show. All right, Jim McBride of the Boston Globe with us tonight on the bench. Uh, Mafia, do you think that I'm more popular than the uh, chief of police and the governor in Massachusetts? Well, of course. No one really likes the politicians or, you know, no one knows the chief of police until something bad happens. So, <laughs> of course, you're more popular than them. Well, they got, you know, the chief of police has juice, I think. And, you know, he's got a lot of juice. Uh, I wanted to say a uh, horrible story today. Our condolences out to the uh, cop in Jersey City, outside of New York City, the JCPD lost one of the finest uh, today, Mafia. What happened? A big shootout in uh, Jersey City at a, at a cemetery, then at a bodega with high-powered rifles and everything. A good friend of High Heats, this uh, officer, uh, was shot dead today and uh, was married with five kids and lost his life today uh, outside of New York City in Jersey City, right across the bridge and right, uh, you know, uh, through the uh, Holland Tunnel in Jersey City. Uh, our thoughts and condolences and the utmost respect to everyone involved in that nightmare scene today with these thugs and losers with their high-powered rifles trying to kill cops and kill people. A lot of people were killed. Uh, what was it, five or six people dead, Mafia? Six, unfortunately. That's horrible. Officer. And the cops. So our uh, condolences and all the respect in the world to everybody at, at their losses. Just a terrible story today here in New York City and Jersey City. Uh, what happened today? Uh, condolences and rest in peace. Uh, horrible, that cop with his five kids. I hope his family's okay uh, during this holiday season. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.